I hope Chad and Karen appreciate all the work we put into these shows for them. <laughs> I've heard a little bit from Chad. I haven't heard from Karen, so maybe we're too metal for uh, <laughs> this time around. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am Eric, your host for this episode. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jason. What's up, Jason? I'm doing fine, man. It's good to be here. I've got my neck brace on in case <laughs> I get too, uh, in case you... slamming my head too, too fast. <laughs> uh, yes, we are continuing our season two list of our favorite guitar solos of all times. And right now, we are currently making our way through the 90s. Uh, and in this episode, we're giving you another dose of metal. From their album Rust in Peace, this is Megadeth and Tornado of Souls. Behind the music. So the album Rust in Peace was released in 1990 and has been certified platinum by the RIAA. It was the uh, first album to feature our our uh, feature guitarist this episode is Marty Friedman. This was his first album with Megadeth. Um, as I say, he was he's the second guitar player in the band, and he would stay with the band until the year 2000. Um, and this album had two singles that were in heavy rotation on MTV, um, Holy Wars and Hangar 18. Uh, the band, Megadeth, was founded by singer and guitar player Dave Mustaine after he was kicked out of Metallica. <laughs> and up to this point, Mustaine had been the featured guitar player. Uh, Friedman is the first guitar player other than Mustaine to be featured for a solo on a Megadeth album. Um, and if Friedman's name sounds from vaguely familiar, it's because we mentioned him on episode four of this season uh, when we talked about Jason Becker. He and Jason Becker were in a duo that made up the band Cacophony in the mid-'80s. Um, outside of the six Megadeth albums that he played on and the two Cacophony albums he played on, he's released 17 solo albums. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of music. Um <laughs> He, uh, he also has two different signature model guitars from Jackson Guitars, um, which one of which I've played, and it is it is a piece of work, let me tell you. And he also has a signature amp from from uh, Engel, from Engel Amp. It's called the Marty Friedman Inferno Amp. <laughs> Let's get personal. So I've been a Megadeth fan since uh, early high school. It was one of the bands that... Uh, so one of my best friends in high school, he and I bonded over three different bands when we first met, and Megadeth was one of them. Uh, he and I actually went and saw them in concert for the Rust in Peace tour the summer of 91. That was probably the loudest concert I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was so loud. And it probably didn't help any that we were like on the fourth row what would what would equivalent what would what would be the equivalent of the fourth row because it was standing you were standing mm -hmm. only we, we were like five people back from the speakers and it was just I mean I could feel oh, my Lord. I could feel my hair moving it was so loud 
so we, you know, so we we saw that concert. Uh, sadly, my buddy Mike passed away in t- 2011. So, so now, as odd as it sounds, listening to Megadeth really reminds me of him because we bonded over uh, a couple of their albums. While, you know, That's while we were in high school and college. So um, now I know you didn't have much of a background with Me- with with Judas Priest. Do you have any background whatsoever with Megadeth? Surprisingly, I do. That's amazing. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure this was the first time I listened to this particular song. But sure. My only real exposure was one album later, Countdown oh. to Extinction. Yeah. So I had a friend in uh, school who played drums, and he had a set in his basement. Yes. And one day I came over, he put on Symphony of Destruction. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And, and I was hooked into it. I was hooked. <laughs> yes. He was trying to play along. Yes. We both liked the guitar hook during the verse and then the yes. pre-chorus hook too. But I don't know. I guess I guess maybe uh, Megadeth purists probably refer to that album more as their equivalent to Metallica's Black Album, you know, where they just kind of, I don't know, maybe they went too, got too mainstream. popular. Yeah, or too mainstream. Too, uh, yeah, too mainstream. Right. Yeah. yeah too polished yep um but that's i guess that's uh probably why i was at least drawn to that song because it was more polished than the you know kind of thrash metal or whatever yeah but uh i i tried to go back and listen i'm just not a fan of dave's <laughs> voice oh it's not it's not a good voice <laughs> it's I don't really like not his voice. i no. mean i can appreciate the the instrumentation but yeah. uh, I remember actually laughing when we were listening to Symphony of Destruction for the first few times and, and towards the end when he's he's trying to growl, but it sounds more like a, a cat's <laughs> tail getting stepped on. <laughs> and oh, that's and awesome. we were laughing at, at him, his his vocals. Yeah. But gosh, that, that was just such a hook, that song. And I, oh, yeah. still, I still like listening to the song. Yeah. I just can't go back and, and really listen to much Megadeth outside of that song. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you're right. That that comparison of that to the Black Album is is pretty on point. If you compare that to like their, you know, their second album or, you know, compare it to uh, Peace Sells But Who's Buying, it's vastly different. It's way yeah, more polished, yeah. way more commercialized. Uh, yeah, so you're right. Yeah, so that's again, and I, I did the same thing with Metallica. I came in at the Black Album, so yeah. my my real metal is not. Uh, is, I don't listen to real metal. I'm a poser when it comes to that. <laughs> so you're a you're a Black Album album Metallica fan, not a Kill 'Em All or Ride the Lightning Metallica. I mean, fan. I've gone back, and I, I well, we'll, we might be able to talk about it later, so I won't go too much into it, but. <laughs> I can go back and listen to Metallica more than I can go back and listen to Megadeth. Let's put it that way. Right. No, I get it. I totally get it. And Stranger Things helps. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. That's Come so on, funny. Dave. Get a get a song in Stranger Things, and maybe I'll listen to your catalog. The breakdown. Uh, in a 2002 retrospective, Marty Friedman said about this song, "Quote." When I finished the solo to this song, Mustaine came into the studio, listened to it once, turned around without saying a word, shook my hand, and walked out. It was at that moment that I felt like I was truly the guitar player for the band. Uh, The solo is technical, 
It's fast. It's aggressive. Um, but my favorite part of it starts at about the three minute and 50 second mark. He starts playing this three note pattern over and over again. And what makes it so difficult, I'm going to get technical here for a minute. Sorry. If you, if you play guitar, you'll understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, you just have to trust me. Uh, he starts playing this three note pattern on that, on that, on the two high strings. Um, and he's stretching his hand from going from the 10th to the 14th fret. By the time he's done playing, he's stretching from the 10th to the 17th fret. If that doesn't sound like it's a big deal, go get a picture of a guitar, of a guitar, look at the neck and see how far it is from the 10th fret to the 17th fret. Just, just so I could, I could say this on the show. Now today I, I pulled down one of my guitars and stretched my hand from the 10th to the 17th fret. And it's 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 difficult for me to do, let alone play something as fast as he does at that at that interval. That's probably my favorite part of the solo. Um, seeing him play in concert was 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 great. That just that it just it's it's got this feel to it that I just love, um, and so that's my favorite part of the solo is that right there. Um, yeah, my my assessment is not technical, but uh, <laughs> what I wrote what I wrote down was I like how he teases the tapping at the first part of the solo, like he yeah. doesn't go right into it. He almost teases you, and then he just lays into it yeah. later on in the solo. But the the main thing that I wrote down was there's some great patterns throughout the song. Yeah, he's he's so technical, and uh, he. Uh, he actually, you know, he, most most people, if you, you know, most people from the, from the eighties that listen to you know that kind of metal, they would call him a, a shredder, and he hates that term being applied to him because he considers it being people who just play as fast as they can and don't have any feel or have any you know any 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 taste to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes to he considers himself more of a feel player and, a, and a, you know and a than a shredder. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but with that said, <laughs> he can shred. <laughs> yes, he can. Yes, he can. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he actually, re- he actually re-recorded this song himself on one of his solo albums. Um, and it, I, I didn't, I can't play him side by side, so I can't tell you, but I think <laughs> when, he, when he re-records it, he plays it even faster. So, you know, if that's, if that can be believed, it's, it, it sounds a little faster than me on his solo album. So, um, it's cool. So anyway, uh, Megadeth and Marty Friedman come in at number 14 on our list of top 25 guitar solos of the nineties. Um, and this week's bonus song comes from Marty Friedman's first solo album in 1988. Uh, the album is called Dragon's Kiss and the song is called Saturation Point. So that'll be our bonus song. Cool. Um, if you have Spotify Premium, which we recommend, stay tuned because you've you've already heard the featured song in its entirety, and you're about to hear the bonus song in its entirety. Uh, free Spotify users will hear short clips of the song, and outside of Spotify, you're going to have to use the song clip links in the show notes to hear anything at all besides our droning voices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give us your thoughts on today's episode via social media. You can find us on Twitter at Greatest Lists, or you can stream all of our episodes at greatestlistpodcast.com. 
And of course, you can we're available in all your favorite podcasting apps. Jason, we're back in charge for our number 13 song in the next episode. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what it is. Uh, it's oh, uh, it's no, not metal. It's, ah, it's I do remember metal. what it is. No, it's not metal. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going alternative again. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to The Greatest Lists, and we look forward to continuing our list next episode. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.